0: Back in the day, uh, we were flying to events and conferences, shaking hands with magazine publishers, trying to get deals with them. So now it's been a lot easier as we can teach men and women how to really monetize their name and likeness using digital assets to create some amazing brand deals. So to me, it's really fun. I know a lot of people don't like social media. I love it because I see it as free ad spend.
1: Welcome, you are listening to the Hero of the Hour podcast, the show dedicated to empowering you to take financial freedom into your own hands. Through expert interviews with decades of experience, this show will give you not only the tactical strategies of what's working in business, but the appropriate mindsets to master your financial future and build generational wealth. Heroes and entrepreneurs operate with a similar anything-is-possible mentality, and that is exactly what our show is about. Your host is none other than Mark B. Murphy, CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and best-selling author of three books, all dedicated to helping others plan for generational wealth. He and his team are on a mission to share their knowledge and techniques so that others can enjoy a life of financial security and freedom get ready to be inspired to create the life of your dreams. Let's go.
2: Welcome to another exciting episode of the Hero of the Hour podcast. We're delighted to introduce you to Kathy Savage, the visionary owner of the Savage Coaching Agency. Kathy's journey spans over three decades, during which she transitioned from being a prominent figure in the fitness industry to becoming a catalyst for thousands of women's success across various sectors. She's graced the screens of MTV, ABC News, Fox News, and ESPN, and her insights have found their way into numerous magazines, both in print and online. Kathy has a knack for propelling her clients into the limelight, connecting them with the right people, and paving their path to extraordinary success. In today's episode, Mark sits down with Kathy to delve into her entrepreneurial odyssey from the inception of her fitness empire to her current role as an elite coach, making a significant impact on women all over the world. They'll also explore Kathy's groundbreaking proof toolkit, a step by step approach that empowers women to confidently navigate their health, body, lifestyle and long-term relationships. Moreover, Kathy will reveal her profound belief in the power of mindset, a decision to believe in oneself. Join us in this enlightening conversation and let's learn together. Enjoy.
3: I'm happy to have with our with us our special guest today, Kathy Savage. Kathy, I know you've been featured on MTV, ABC News, Fox News, ESPN, and I know you've contributed to countless magazines and publications, and th- thank you for coming uh, and taking some time with us today.
0: Oh, Mark, it's so great to be here. Thank you.
3: You know, I, I, we call this uh, podcast kind of the hero of the hour, so I guess that makes you the hero of the hour, but tell me a little bit about what does a hero mean to you or or who are some of some of your heroes?
0: Oh, gosh, thank you. And thank you for the invite here, Mark. I love the word hero. Uh, I immediately think of my mom and dad, who were my heroes growing up. I know people have role models they've never met. And I'm someone who believes that in order to have a hero, you need to know them and meet them. You can be inspired by other people, but my heroes are absolutely my parents who told me at a young age that there was nothing i can't accomplish and that i was destined for greatness and told me they loved me every single day and when i think of heroes i think immediately of my mother and father
3: that's pretty nice and that makes you uh, among a group of lucky people who had great parents like that you know one of the things i you know i've i've seen you know cuz i've been around so long it's i've seen you know, women emerge as a force in the business world, in the political world, in the social world, like it wasn't when we were kids. And and I love the fact that, you know, you sort of, I love the, the phrase, women supporting women, because not only in the old days did men not support women, but women didn't support other women. I know that's sort of your passion about women supporting women. Tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. And you're so right. Generations really spoke a different language uh, you know, in our in our age group. But you know, just knowing that you don't have to compete with any woman that your success can be part of her success was something that was always drilled into my head as an athlete growing up. And so when I started working with women, I treated it like an athletic team. And my beginnings of business were establishing the first one of its one of a kind membership for women in fitness. And I took a very individualized sport, and I created the team concept. A lot of my inspiration came from John Wooden and Coach K, the basketball coach of Duke. These were people that I followed in my professional coaching practice. And I utilized a lot of their skill set to encourage women to support each other so that your win could be everybody's win. And that's what we did. We took the team concept in a very individualized sport of competitive fitness where everybody had a part of the win. And through that, a sisterhood began so that you stopped caring so much about yourself and you were looking at everyone as winners. I believe that a lot of that also came from my Jesuit uh, education at Boston College where our motto was women men and women for others. And so I think that's transcended in my practice and my work experience of just always supporting one another, never comparing, just being inspired by one of one, each other and together we all win to, you know as a unit. That's never changed in anything that I've done. I do it in motherhood, I do it in my business, um, and supporting other colleagues as well.
3: Uh, That is true. You know, I'm so old that I actually went to coach K's basketball camp when I was a kid, but that wasn't when he was the head football, uh, the head basketball coach at army, not at Duke. It was, it was like 1978, 1979 when I was in high school. And you could tell, I mean, he was, nobody ever heard of him, but you could tell he was going to be a star just the way he handled himself. He, for a a guy who's so unassuming, had so much charisma and so much wisdom and you know, and then uh, it, it's uh, you. You know, and John Wooden. I mean, I mean, the pyramid of success is, uh, and putting your socks on, uh, showing people to put their socks and shoes on. I think is is, is the is the essence of uh, simplicity and brilliance. So, mm-hmm. I, um, you know, it. it uh, I, I, you know, you mentioned uh, before I get into your business and other things. You know, uh, as you know, Art, uh, I went to Indiana University, and now we have two of our five kids in Bloomington, and that's my happy place. In fact, that's why I can't talk because. I, I was screaming as we uh, defeated Purdue, the number one team in the country, although I'm too old to storm the court, even though I was on the court. But uh, what? tell me about Boston College. That seems to be also such a happy place for the Savage family.
0: Yes. Uh, my mom and dad were alumni. My brother, my sister got her PhD there. I had one brother who did not go because he got a, a football scholarship to Colgate. And okay. so he's kind of the black sheep of the family. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, Boston College has been that beautiful bond that we've had as a family. Of course, when my parents went there, it was not what it is now. It was actually a working man's type college. My dad has a beautiful story there. We have a scholarship in his name there. And my both my kids are there now. One's a freshman, one's a junior. And we hope to continue that legacy. There's just a certain energy, as I know you probably feel at your alma mater, that that and that energy never goes away, whether you graduate a year ago or you've graduated a long time ago. I graduated in 1985 with Doug Flutie, um, and I still get on that campus and feel the energy like I did when I was there.
3: I feel exactly the same way. It's, it's allowed us to really get, stay even more involved with the, with the university. And I, it's, 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 it's my, it's my happy place. You, know, I, I think a lot of people don't know, I, I, I know you've had this very successful coaching business. I know you've had a fitness business. that's I think over three decades old, you know, tell people a little bit. I, I love that question when you started, tell me how you started and tell me where you are right now and tell me where, where you're going. Because people, yeah. I, I, for, for people who don't know you, for people that don't know you.
0: Yeah, thank you. You mm. know, I started working out in college. I started teaching aerobics uh, when I graduated. I had a wonderful job in the medical world, but I never I, I never lost my love of fitness and working out. And I did so, and I actually ended up competing in this new thing called fitness competitions where you may have seen them on ESPN a mm. long time ago. You do the one-arm push-ups and the gymnastics. So I competed there for a while did so realized there were no coaches doing any of this and created that market uh first of its kind all inclusive competition prep company and when i started doing that we started getting a lot of notoriety through media and because we were so different it was really taking a individualized sport and creating a team concept like i had said and so we got a lot of fame for it the women that i coached did really well and It really elevated from there into me actually serving as an agent for the girls and trying to get them opportunities like magazine covers and sponsorships and all of that. So I started enjoying that more than dieting them or creating training programs. So what I did with my business is I hired people to replace those aspects so that I could focus on the marketing and the branding because I really felt that a savage girl, quote unquote, was that all-American, girl-next-door, beautiful, wholesome, intelligent woman that I really wanted our clients to hold up as a brand. And so we got a lot of notoriety for it, and I kind of became their agent, which is hilarious. I'm not an attorney, and I was negotiating contracts. I didn't even know what I was doing, but I really kept their best interest at heart. And through that, we were able to give a lot of the women promotions and opportunities that they probably never would have had otherwise. And so as my business evolved, I started doing more of the marketing, the branding. Uh, My degree is in marketing and branding, communications. And then in post-grad, I did brand management and digital marketing. So it's evolved into really that end now of helping women monetize their brand, be it in corporate. Or on their own as entrepreneurs.
3: I have a whole room. If you look outside my office, of all these very smart, hardworking guys, who you describe the the person they're looking for. They're looking for a savage girl, you know, to be <laughs> smart and hardworking and thoughtful and and uh, and 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 beautiful and all you know all of those amazing qualities. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's it's so hard to meet to you know meet people like that, but and and to do that. So by <laughs> including my own children. But, yes, uh,
0: you know, a lot of men would contact me over the years, uh, and they would want to meet some of the girls. So really? I always would tell them that's not part of my
3: business, and <laughs> yeah, that's a little creepy. <laughs> I know. but that, that's almost like where I see. you know, one of the niches that we've developed a little bit over the last year is working with a lot of, you know, social media influencers. It sounds like you were at the genesis of that. I mean, at doing I mean, that was before before that was a thing, you were doing that,
0: yes. And it's yeah. funny because i I teach a lot about how different it is to build a brand before social media and now to build with social media, knowing that right now that just having digital assets makes it so much easier to do. But back in the day, uh, we were flying to events and conferences. I was speaking at them, shaking hands with magazine publishers, trying to uh, get deals with them for the girls, all of that. So now it's been a lot easier as we can teach men and women how to really monetize their name and likeness, and using digital assets to create some amazing brand deals. So to me, it's really fun. I know a lot of people don't like social media. I love it because I see it as free ad spend, because I remember those days when it wasn't so free. So yeah, social media is absolutely a wonderful part of what we do. And I really appreciate it more than most because I had to build my initial business without it.
3: You know, with the, the the Supreme Court ruling on NIL, you know, name, image, and likeness for college athletes, is that a space that you're getting into to help, to help these athletes? Is that something that you're actively working on?
0: I am actually. And I find it very interesting. I know that there's so many people who love it. And then there are so many people who were worried about it. <laughs> and you know, it's a blessing and a curse. And I think it's great for, it's a great opportunity for college athletes to earn some money and have a little control over their brand. But what I do what the other part is, is now it really matters who's on the banner. And it matters which pictures on the ticket. And I think before this, you know, athletes would have liked that, but they didn't really need it. And so now I think athletes are looking for opportunities where they kind of were more more controlled prior to this. So there's a blessing and a curse. It can be done right. I don't think it'll hurt college sports the way a lot of people think it will, as long as we keep it in control and have good people monitoring and managing. Right now, I'm I'm more concerned with making sure that athletes don't get taken advantage of in the process.
3: I I think that's, I I see all sides of that. In fact, we're involved in that ourselves. And, you know, you want to, you know, You just want to see good things. You you could see it could go off the rails on money levels. I I want to put my glasses on because I'm old, because I want to read a quote from you that said, I love how you say, when you have a clear plan, you will know how to move forward to serve your clients well and grow your business. Tell me what that means.
0: Well, clarity is something that is truly missing and taking the time to become clearer with your mission, your value, and the vision for your company. So whether you have a company like yours or a small company, um, I always encourage people to really spend a lot of time in their foundational brand process. Who are they? What, what do they want? I equate it to Dis- Walt Disney, where when you walk through Main Street of Disney World, we've all been there, You see, you're in Walt's vision, not yours. And you walk through Main Street, which is really a dichotomy of the way he was raised. And he welcomes you into that vision as a business owner. And I think right now, as you equate your business or your brand, a lot of times we're thinking of who do we want to attract? What is our ideal client? When you're not clear on who you are and what your vision is on your main street, just like Walt Disney. And so I encouraged people in corporate, people in the entrepreneurial space to really spend time in their foundational process. And that is, what do I want my business to look like and that's clarity. That's what we talk about. And my mission: what do I stand for? What is it that keeps me up at night that I want to work on to help my clients? And then my value: why me? Why? Why am I the one to bring this message to the masses? So, clarity in your in your path is really about finding out who you are, not what you do, but who you are. And I spend a lot of time with women, especially. Kind of really walking them through that blueprint,
3: you know the I, I've always had a coach. I've seen almost every CEO that I work with has a coach. Every athlete I work with has a coach. And there's a lot of coaches out there, but i I noticed I did notice I believe you've got four unique coaching programs, and they're kind of unique to anything that I've been exposed to before. I'd love you to just share me to share what those four programs are. And of course, what are the nuances of each and who would be appropriate for, for each of those groups?
0: Yeah, thanks. And I agree with you. I think yeah. um, your beautiful fiance, Lisa, always that has said true. She is beautiful. Inside she, and she out. She is. She's salt of the earth. She's just someone who I truly, truly cherish, quite frankly.
3: Well it only took me fifty seven years to find her. So it was well, like-
0: hey, you know, but you saved the best for last. That's for sure. But she always would remind anyone she speaks to, including me, that we're always growing. We never arrive. And so that idea of having that accountability or coaching, it never ends. It never ends. And so that that's why I think I work with people who are seven and eight figure earners or C, C-suite people because they know that they still need to grow in certain areas. And so some of my coaching programs start people from the beginning of their journey. Uh, we have an academy. It's a mastermind of her first brand, meaning that they are really deciding on how they want to build their brand or positioning. Um, And then we take it up to private coaching, which is probably my flagship program where people work with me one-on-one. We build up their foundational brand process and their marketing skills, Uh, That that's one of my favorite things to do. I know a lot of people like to coach the masses. I've done that before. I truly have that education or that education person in my blood. My both my parents were teachers. And so I love to work with people one on one to really take them from zero to, you know, infinity uh, with their brand process and their marketing. And then I have a coaching program that is that old standalone health and fitness for for women called proof. And that is more of a toolkit for women to really take their lifestyle seriously and get them started on a path of better health and nutrition. And so those are those are kind of this, that's the circle of coaching styles that I work with. I think I have something for everybody in their process. And I love working with people when they're just getting started. And I love helping people when they're ready for that next level.
3: I you mentioned I was going through interesting, mothership is your one of your first flagship programs. Who is that for? What yeah, the
0: to- mothership program is for women who it's really more executive lifestyle uh, programming. And that is I'm really proud of it because it's women who know that they were made for more, but they have a lot of responsibility and they keep putting themselves down on the list and they need strategy, whether it's their lifestyle, their relationships, uh, the corporate world, how they can elevate and advance from where they are now. And so that kind of ties in with private coaching with me because they're able to speak to me once a month on zoom. And then every week they check in with me to make sure they're doing okay. And again, that's a very non-specific membership because a lot of people come to me because they're looking to get promoted in their job. A lot of people come to me because they can't get their health and fitness together. And so I look at everything as a strategy, as a blueprint, and I help them reverse engineer whatever goal they're working on. And that's the beauty of the mothership. It's just that one place where women can go to not feel judged, to not feel ashamed that they want more in their life.
3: Wow, that is incredibly powerful. You've obviously changed a lot of lives with that.
1: Have you noticed that life is getting more and more expensive? From grocery prices to real estate values, everywhere you turn, prices seem to be skyrocketing. Well, Mark has dedicated decades of his career and life to serving entrepreneurs and professionals to build real wealth, and in most cases, multi-generational wealth. The reality is, we all have to navigate turbulent times in this economy, but the difference will be for those that have a roadmap and a customized plan for building wealth. That's why, as a listener to this podcast, We are so excited to share with you first access to Mark's newest book, The Ultimate Investment, a roadmap to grow your business and build multi-generational wealth. When you access this book, you'll discover how to know when you're working a job instead of a business. That hard work isn't all about hours put in. This will make you more productive. Why you need to live with your back against a wall. How to surround yourself with the right people who support your vision. And so much more. Go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book to get access now. Once again, go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book. And now back to the show.
3: You mentioned the proof toolkit. As a toolkit, tell me a little more about that. And where, where do you get a proof toolkit? How can <laughs> okay, where can you get where can you purchase one?
0: Uh, You can get proof right on my website, kathysavage.com. And it's a 90-day toolkit to really just show women especially how they can get to the goal that they thought they could never get to by really through self-respect, loving themselves enough to put the right nutrients into their body, to move their body every day, and to do it in a realistic way where they're not spending hours at the gym, they're not doing the things that they probably think they have to do. And I took proof is the, is kind of the swan song to all of those years in fitness, helping women go from ordinary to extraordinary and keeping their health first place. Because in the fitness world, in the health and fitness world, a lot of people think you have to do some really crazy things. And that is absolutely not the case. And I have the thousands of women who've graced the cover of magazines to prove it, that you can love your body where it's at and you can fuel your body instead of depriving it. And so proof is really just the three and a half decades of my work in the health and fitness world, all wrapped up into a 90-day toolkit to help people get started. And it's for life. It's lifestyle tips that anyone can use.
3: And that's it. You can get that at kathysavage.com. Yes, Kathy with a C, with a C. Yes, yes. You know the, the the other thing is, so many entrepreneurs we represent. You know, thousands of entrepreneurial companies. People that have, many of them have started businesses from scratch, or their their fathers or mothers or grandmothers, or grandmothers or grandfathers started it and beyond. And they start to get some success, and then they start to talk about this a mythical thing called branding, or how they're going to brand their company. They get some success. I know you've spent three decades plus working on that. Would I'd love you if you would share a few kind of tips or tricks uh, that you've learned through the years on, on how to succeed and make to make a successful brand.
0: Yes, well, yes, that seems to be the buzzword, isn't it everywhere? And to me, through all my education, through decades of being in the business world of building uh, multi businesses, I can say that. You know, we've been doing branding since we started our business. It's you know, when you go to college in the '80s, you learn about branding, and a lot of branding has not changed. And to me, I always teach that branding is simply the way you communicate your value to others. It's not a logo. It's not a website. Those are th- those are fun. Those are brand aesthetics, and it gives you some energy toward your identity. But branding is just simply the way you communicate your value, your reputation, what people think and say, their perception. And so that is very, very important, and it's very personal. And so I think a lot of times people talk about branding as if it's their company, their product, their service. And to me, it's personal in so many different ways because it's really what kind of sets you apart. From everybody else, the way you communicate, what's different about you. It really speaks to your zone of genius, what you can do in a little unique way that nobody else can. And this is really great news for people because a lot of women especially think that they, they don't have anything to brand or they they're not special enough. Well, everybody's special and no one has a brand like you. And so the key is in branding is really curating how you want to communicate your value, meaning your zone of genius. What is it about you that makes you different? And so when you stay within that lane of branding, it's limitless, but it's all special. And, And so a lot of my clients, they don't have comparison syndrome. They don't have imposter syndrome because they know exactly who they are because they've done the work through that foundational brand process what makes them so special it's personal whether it's business or just posting a couple things on social media it's the way you communicate your value
3: you know Richard Branson always says I don't have a business life or a personal life I just have a, a life yes and and I know even myself you, everyone's got that dilemma to say well yeah, you know, I never say, oh, I gave too much time to my kids or I gave too much time to my business or too much time to Lisa or too much time to doing things I want to do personally. like you're you're always thinking you're disappointing somebody because you can't be in twelve places at once. I know one of the things you're very passionate about is helping people differentiate differentiate and organize between personal and business life. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah, you know, I get that a lot from my parents, who were both very busy. Uh, My dad ran a whole school system. My mom was a teacher. And they never were too busy for me. And so my dad, especially, was a great mentor to me. And he always used to say, Kathy, your life is like a table. Your family is the centerpiece, and everything around it is a plate. They're important. But everything revolves around the centerpiece, which is your children. And I've kept it that easy. I've taught that to other women who are really struggling with time management. And knowing your priorities, you never have to question what you should be at or where you should go. No is a complete sentence. I've said no many times to incredible opportunities because they've gotten in the way of that centerpiece, which are my two children. And I I know Lisa feels the same way. Lisa has really strong guidelines as well. It's probably why we get along so great. But it's never been a problem for me because I know exactly what my priority is. And that is my family. And I've been able to create incredible business streams, putting them first. I don't feel like I've, yes, I've said no to some opportunities, but I don't feel like I've missed out on anything.
3: Well, I, I know you have not. The other thing is so much of life is mindset and, and developing a winning mindset. Tell me how you coach people on mindset.
0: Yeah. And, and that's another big buzzword right now. Mindset is a decision that you make to believe in yourself. Not that you are the most important person in the world, but my mindset when I'm coaching someone, and of course, I'm taking from a lot from Coach K, Mike Chasewski, is that the four most powerful words in the English language are "I believe in you." And so, my mindset in helping someone else is making sure that they know that I believe in them, but more importantly, that they believe in themselves, because. Yes, we have so many facets of mindset and growth and not staying in that fixed area where our mind is so closed. But I think at the end of the day, if we really believe in who we are and we believe in what we're doing and the work that we're a part of, that mindset will always be in growth action. It will always be positive. It will always stay in a place where you know you have purpose. And so I always relate mindset to belief. What are your belief systems? I know what mine are. Never question them. So my mindset is always growth oriented. I'm never, ever where I'm supposed to be. I can always learn. But that's because I believe in who I am. And I believe that I have a purpose to serve others. And that, again, is my mindset. It's always my mindset. It never wavers.
3: Do uh Do you think your kids will come into your business or do you think they'll do other things? You know, I
0: always, I, I, I always keep an open mind for them. My son is a marketing major at Boston college marketing and communications. I believe he will probably do something within the scope of my business. He already has, he's just so smart and naturally, naturally wired to be a marketer, but I don't, know if it would be what he does for the rest of his life. I just think his opportunities are endless, and I want him to know that. My daughter does a lot of the design work in my business part-time, but she's also a communications major and film studies. So she wants to travel the globe. She is ready for anything, and she's 19. She doesn't know exactly what she wants, but I do know that they're really proud of what I've built, and they love it. But whether they come full force or not, totally their
3: decision. Yeah, you know, one of the things when you are, you know, I find so interesting when you're um, seen as as a thought leader in your field like you are, and there's literally hundreds and thousands of people that hang on your every word and have taken your advice and had better lives. There's expression says it's hard to be a prophet in your own land where there's people paying you for this advice and you give it to your kids. Do they? Do they? How, how do you communicate to your kids as opposed to your clients? Is there's there's a difference because it's it's tougher to it's tougher to communicate to your kids to be that prophet in your own land.
0: It is, but what's really wonderful is sometimes I hear them say something and know that they heard it from me, <laughs> and uh, that makes me so proud. I will say to my children that about my children is they're just the most loving, kind, genuine two people in the world. And I, I don't think they picked it up just from me or my husband. I think that they've had really good people around them. And I think the biggest thing that they've done as far as me coaching them is I've listened. I've always listened to them. I've never been the talker. I've always listened to them from the time they were little to to now. In fact, right before this, I was talking to my son, FaceTiming, and he was asking about a course for next semester. So we have a very thriving relationship. I don't really feel like I have to coach them, but I I do use some techniques with them by asking them questions. What does your gut say? What do you think would be the best thing for you? I'm more of that, so it is a little bit of coaching, I would say. But I try to kind of hold back on the probably the inspirational stuff because I'm sure they can see right through that <laughs> that I'm I've got my marketing hat on.
3: <laughs> yeah, there there is some some great joy when stuff you've shared you didn't think they were listening, and then down the road they they say something where they they actually got it, or you know, and uh, and it's and it's hard when you want to help your kids and you want to be there that you have to kind of step back and let them create their own journey and yes. uh, and not over function for them. That's the hard that's the hard part when you have a lot of resources or a lot of wisdom. That's always, that's I think that's a challenge for so many parents. it's 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 very difficult. I think you know i I keep saying that the you know, you know the thing I have to keep reminding myself is a lot of the growth that I had came from adversity or going through my own journey or disappointment or other things where I just got angry enough where I said I wasn't willing to to tolerate these circumstances, and that's how I move forward. And sometimes mm. you sometimes you, you you as a parent, you want to take that pain away where that you just have to let them experience that. I think it's I think that's the hardest thing in in this uh, yeah. society it of is because you don't know,
0: you know, that it's a yin and a yang. And yeah. I think, you know, two things come to mind when you say that uh, in my in high school, my son had a really, really terrible coach basketball coach. And he was just not only awful to my son, but he was awful to a lot of the kids. And, It was something that my son really had to work through because the coach before him just revered him and gave him so many opportunities. And this guy was just one of those, just one of those guys that ruins it. And it wasn't just us. And what's ironic about that is I truly believe that's what made my son as resilient as he is. And it sounds crazy and it doesn't sound like a big deal, but to him, it was everything. Basketball was his life. And he didn't get as much playing time near the end as he deserved to have. And everybody told him he should be out on that court all the time. So, you know, when you're a 17-year-old kid, it's hard. But it actually became part of his essay going into college. He's written papers on it. And now he looks back at it and he says, you know, now that I'm playing basketball in college and I'm winning all these championships and I'm doing all these things, It's a really great feeling to know what I went through, and I'll never treat anyone like that in my life. So he learned so much from that. And believe me, Mark, I wanted to go and just, you know, get in there and tell the guy off. I really wanted to. But my son handled it himself. And I think that that was a huge marker for him. He focused more on his grades probably than he would have otherwise so there was always something that you know is in our kids lives and i've always told them that famous line of things happen for you not to you what are you going to do what is going to happen through this disappointment and they've had disappointments in their lives but they've worked through it but i think as a parent i believe in unconditional love i believe that you're a fireman you're you're there you're not always putting out fires but your kids know that you're sitting in that firehouse waiting just in case a fire happens and that you're there to support them. I truly believe my children are the result of that philosophy, knowing that they might have to figure out something on their own, but that I've got their back no matter what.
3: Well, first of all, I I know you've said that no is a complete sentence, and I'm just very grateful you didn't say no to me uh, (laughs) to come on this podcast and... uh, I just uh, just appreciate all your expertise and wisdom. And and I would just hope that anybody that, that is watching this would just go to kathysavage.com because I, I think you'll find a lot of uh, inspiration, a lot of opportunity to just get better. And uh, Kathy, thank you.
0: Oh, Mark, thank you. And might I thank you for just, I feel like I know every part of you just from the love and just so much admiration that people that I care for, care about you. And so So I'd like to thank you for being that person in so many people's lives. I don't know if you're aware of how many people you do impact for the better. And uh, I'm just glad to know you. So thank you for the opportunity.
3: I've always said that, you know, to me that, that the reason, and you know, the reason to have a business is to elevate the lives of other people. It's not Mm -hmm. just to make, it's great to make money and it's great to be successful. But the reason we, you know, this was always my vehicle to make other people's lives better, and that's why we're uh, brother and sister from another mother. Like with Lisa, that's why we uh, have a have a have a have a camaraderie together because we and a lot of our other friends, you know, all feel that way, and uh, pretty life changing. And so, thank you, and I, I hope to get to see
1: you soon.
0: Thank you, likewise.
3: Thanks, Kathy. Bye, bye. Bye,
0: bye.
1: I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Hero of the Hour podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share the podcast episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode and more at www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to check out the other great books and resources on the website while you're there. Once again, it's www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. All links can be found in the description below. We look forward to serving you on the next episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS or Guardian, and opinions stated are their own. Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. OSJ, 200 Broad Hollow Road, Suite 405, Melville, New York, 11747, 631-589-5400. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Northeast Private Client Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0B36048. Arkansas Insurance License Number 741545. Expiration and submission numbers located in the show notes.